I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be here sharing with you lessons I've learned, conversations I've had that will equip you to create new habits, challenge mindsets, and build relationships that will allow your family to thrive. To the podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about navigating difficult conversations in a healthy way. I'm here again with Jess Carey and Noelle Rhodes. Hi, ladies. Hi. So, navigating difficult conversations. I know me personally, I avoid conflict and I avoid difficult conversations, and I hope that they will smooth themselves over and they never do. And what I've found in my family and in my relationships is that it builds up over time and you don't have the opportunity to practice conflict resolution if you avoid difficult conversations. So we wanted to talk about this topic. We gathered and did some research on some of the best ways to have difficult conversations and we wanted to share them with you because I think this is a really important part about creating intention in your family and teaching your children, how to have good conversations and deal with things that they're going to face in the future. Yeah. I love that you said that too. It's like, you know, almost like when you don't nip a difficult conversation right away, if you don't address it, it's like negativity stacks. Yeah. And then you have like a tiny little thing that like, like an irritation, you know, and normally under any other circumstance, you'd be like, whatever, that's fine. (laughs) And then this day you're like powder keg. It was like, oh, we got all the way to the stick of dynamite. Now it's going to (laughs) blow. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad we're talking about this because I think if we just get, you know, a little bit more bold in how we approach and, and equipped, then it doesn't feel so intimidating. So Mm -hmm. I love that we have like, we're going to go through some reminders of what we kind of talked about already, like active listening, you know, and Mm -hmm. that that's how we sort of start is paying attention to what people are saying and being present. But Kimberly, you have a bunch of other reminders. Go for it. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, well, active listening, like you mentioned, is super important. Like, because when we get into the habit of participating in active listening with our family members and those people that are important to us, there's trust and security that if mm-hmm, they bring yeah. an issue to us, that we are actually going to listen. And when I feel that from my spouse or my kids, I know that I can, that they'll take me seriously, that they're mm-hmm. really paying attention and tuned in to what I say. So active listening is so important when creating a safe environment for these conversations. Sure. I think clear speaking, really, really important. Mm -hmm. So what do you mean by that, Kimberly? Explain that to me. What does that mean? Because I clearly (laughs) speak, but some people don't clearly hear me. (laughs) I think that we can use some of the elements of active listening. We'll talk a little bit about more later on about clear speaking, but like, you know, there are times when I talk to my kids and it goes right over their head. And I realize I didn't take the time to pause, mm. make eye contact and say exactly what I meant. I mean, yeah. I don't think that we talked a lot about this in previous episodes, but this passive aggressive or, hey, it would be nice if you blank or, yeah. you know, maybe sometime you could think to blank when you should just be saying, I would like you to. You're a little bit more direct. Yes. Clear. Like, let's not hide behind phrases that make people feel like they should do something for us. We, when we lived in Ireland, we had this young man who (laughs) was from Germany and he had a phrase that he would say, don't speak through the flowers. Oh. Oh. And I liked, I liked that. I don't know. But, you know, the idea is like, you know, don't beat around the bush, you know, don't sugarcoat something, but don't speak to the flowers because it looks like you're like presenting something beautiful like flowers, but you're speaking through something completely different. So, yeah, I think that's a great, that's great what you're saying, Kimberly. Clear speaking is super important. Yeah. And I think you nailed something too. It, It sort of goes hand in hand with active listening and clear speaking. It's like when you say something ask for the other person to confirm that they understand what you just said. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that's how I verify that that I was actually communicating well. It's mm-hmm. like, do you understand what I said? What does that mean to you? Mm-hmm. And I'll specifically do that with my kids because a lot of times they'll say, yeah, yeah, mom. Yeah, yeah. 
And then, you know, we go through a day and I'm like, I, I asked you to do, you know, such and such or so-and-so. And then that thing was still not done. And, you know, then I think, did I miscommunicate? I'm pretty sure I was clear about it, but. <laughs> But I don't yeah, know what so you meant, mom. I didn't know that's yeah. what you meant. Oh, right. did you mean like right now? Now, today, not three weeks <laughs> this, from now. This year, mom. <laughs> My room, yes. like the one I sleep in. That room, <laughs> like clean your sheets. They're nasty. Like can you just put them yeah. in the wash. Do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh goodness, this is so good. But I, I also think I'm a very direct person in general, and you know, my kids have kind of grown accustomed to mom's very bossy. Like I just say it, how it needs to be said. And sometimes I lack empathy. And I think that that is one of the other aspects that we want to especially bring into a difficult conversation, Yeah, you know, is that we want to come with an empathetic ear to that conversation. And that's, that's actually one of the challenges that I have in general. Mm -hmm. So would one of you more potentially empathetic people (laughs) talk about what does that look like? (laughs) Well, I was going to say, I mean, I don't know if I'm more empathetic than you because I definitely (laughs) am a direct communicator as well, but I guess this is what I've learned is sometimes I think something that has helped me to be more empathetic is giving myself time before I respond mm-hmm. to something mm-hmm. or initiate a conversation to consider the other person's situation, feelings, capacity. Because I think usually it's like once I get a thought in my head, I'm like, bleh, like it just comes out and I say right. it. And, you know, especially with our kids or our our spouses, our partners, it's like you, even with them, I think we actually give them the least amount of time. And sometimes mm-hmm. we could be the least empathetic with them because we think we know how they feel and we know where they're coming from already, but just taking a mm-hmm. moment to pause and saying, okay, like what, what, what could be going on here? Like, what are the possibilities and mm-hmm. what have they been going through and where have they, where have they actually experienced growth and how can I empathize with them so that when we approach a difficult conversation or they need to have a difficult conversation with me, my heart is already like prepped for that. Mm, yeah. It's really good. I had a conversation this weekend and I, the person I was speaking to was quick to defend their actions, which I get it was okay. But I, I said, can you just stop for a second and just sit with what I told you Mm. and just imagine, I get that all those really, all those things were in play, Mm -hmm. but just think for a moment about how I felt. Yeah. Like, I get it. We we want to have a productive conversation and we want to examine why it is that this occurred. But like, let's just stop for just a second. Yeah. And we it stopped the conversation. And I think it was effective because that person was like, okay, all right. Like I'm I, I'm I'm listening. Like we had yeah. to yeah. you know what I mean? Because they were yeah. on to the next thing. They wanted to share. And again, yeah. they weren't wrong in the factors that created this situation, but Oh, oh, I'm like, it's okay to sit with that icky feeling. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then let's move on. Like, so empathy is definitely something that takes practice and a pausing Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. sitting and feelings that we may not want to actually feel. I think that's why there's not that. I think true empathy is definitely something that we struggle with as society because we're so Mm -hmm. addicted to the immediate and the instant and you can't have instant empathy. It just, it's Mm -hmm. not real then it's, it's fake, you know, or it's self-serving. So Carolyn, it's so good. Just that challenge to sit in that moment and recognize Mm -hmm. what is, what was going on. Yeah. Great Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have ears to hear what they have to say. If I, if I just feel like they just, got it for just a second. Just try to get it. (laughs) Right. I think you give, you give space. Like, you know, there's this idea of holding space for people. And I I think it's, I I mean, it's probably not a new thing. Like there's nothing new under the sun. Right. But I think that because we have moved into a communication pace that is almost human (laughs) in a way, right. It's just like, we yeah. go from one conversation to the next conversation to the next solution to the next problem and boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And, you know, so we kind of want to skip over the not so nice 
But we also then tend to skip over the nice. We skip over the celebrations too. So true. And so I love this idea of empathy, of active listening. It is actually holding space for the people that we want to have intimate, healthy relationships with. And I, mm-hmm. I would pretty much include my whole family in that group of people yeah. and, and really close friends too. Like, I think that this applies when we have very close friendships that we have, like we should use these principles in those as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think a, a basic thing that a lot of us know is true, but don't practice is eliminating distractions Oh, come on, Noel. It's hard. It's hard. I mean, let's be honest, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Like, we pretend like, oh, yeah, everybody's on their phone, but like, we're on our phones. Yeah, for We're real. distracted. One of the things I, I, I'm, I'm like notorious for starting like a really deep, hard conversation when like my husband is in the middle of something. <laughs> like, this is, or like two seconds before he's about to fall asleep in bed. I mean, years we've had the rule. Oh. I'm talking probably... 18 years because very early on this became a problem where he was like do not have any difficult or like deep conversations about our life our marriage at night when I'm in bed about to go to sleep that's not the time (laughs) and I'm because I'm a processor and I'm a verbal processor and all these thoughts are coming to my brain as I'm laying in bed and not distracted by the things of the day I'm like well let's talk about this you know and so he was like I will wake up an hour early to talk to you about this but not right now because he's distracted with being sleepy Mm -hmm. you know yes we need to get rid of the phones we need to like make the time but it's all about like it really is about timing a hard conversation that you want to be productive really needs to be at a place in time where both people can kind of be at their optimum best. Right. It's possible. There's times you have to just deal with something right on the spot. Sure. Yeah. But if you need to have like a heart to heart that, you know, there's going to be a little back and forth, there's going to be disagreeing and, and, right. you know, navigating. Mm-hmm. It's good to see like, what, what, what's the best and most, productive time and space to do that where there isn't distractions happening. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think I that's amazing, Noel, because also, so there's two pretty much types of conflict people. There's conflict avoiders, right. That just mm-hmm. like run and hide and they escape. And then like people that are like, no, nah, we're going to hit this head on, right. nail it, you know, and, and neither one of those is necessarily the healthiest way. Yeah. And so I love that you're saying, you know, like we need to pray about the timing of these conversations and for both, both the avoider and the person who's super direct and like wants to just solve the problem. Yeah. It's like, no, take a breath, pray about it, ask for wisdom before you're opening the door to this conversation. And I always pray this very specific thing when I know I have to have a hard conversation. I'm like, Lord, Give me the utterance. In other words, give me the words. So good. That will not like condemn the person that I'm talking to. Yeah. You know, now they I can't help it if they're offended, right? You know, right. Or, or I can't help their feelings at the end of the day. But I'm like, you know, Jesus told people, I mean, I don't want to say Jesus told people off, but he told people like, he hey, told that's people the, off. He, he told, told people <laughs> off. He spoke the truth in love. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on, Kim. Now she's preaching. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yes. Yeah, so I think that God will partner with us when we have to have these really hard conversations in both the words that we mm-hmm. can say mm-hmm. that will be truthful, loving, compassionate, and the timing. So in other words, you know, I am so guilty, Noelle. You literally described me in my bedtime routine with my husband. Yeah. <laughs> I get in bed and I'm like, hey, I literally, I think I solved the world peace problem. So we need yeah. to talk about it. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, honey, I'm sure you didn't, first of all. <laughs> I love you, but I'm gonna go to bed now. <laughs> so I just I think that's one of the top tips that I would say is pray for wisdom and timing. Yeah, I want, I want to add something to that that just came into my head as you were speaking, and I just feel like it's important to say is when you when you have regular time set apart with your spouse mm-hmm. or with your kids that is just being together, I feel like sometimes some of these things come up during that time, and you're able yeah. to kind of unpack that slowly, you know, and it's it's just interesting. Like I think one of the things, you know, I've learned from this particular podcast and the work that Kimberly does is just being really intentional about the time that I do spend with with my family. And recently my husband and I 
got a sauna and we've been spending a lot of time in our sauna. Oh, yeah, wow. I, I want one. when I say that, but but one of the things we've been doing is having we talk. Like that's when I'm allowed to to share all my f- thoughts and feelings. And <laughs> just kidding. But but I feel like some of these hard things are coming out in those regular times. Mm. And I'm like, wow, it's because and Kimberly, you talked about this before. It's like I'm not building it all up, you know, all these questions, all these things, you know. It's yeah. like every day we're getting together at the same time. And and listen, we haven't always had this season of life. Like we this has not been our life where we can spend a half an hour alone together. There's been times where that's not been possible. But right now we are. And I know things that we would have thought about before we're like conversing about in that regular time. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking about timing, I'm like, wow, it is why it's so important to put date night on the calendar, to put movie with your kids on the counter because it's yeah. it creates space for those conversations to happen and honestly that really came from you know the work that Kimberly has done with our course with this podcast has really showed me the value of that and it's created space for me to deal with conflict because yeah. it's part of our it's part of our culture absolutely well, that sort of reminds me of that quality versus quantity myth mm. You know, I I understand that there's some times when you can't have the quantity, but if you can have the quantity, it's the quantity that allows you to have more organic conflict resolution Mm because you're spending so much time together that the few times you are spending together isn't about how we can fix things. Yeah. Right. right. Because if every time we hang out with our kids, it's because we need to put them on something, our spouse, when you're like, hey, I think we should go for date night. And then your spouse is like, oh, what do we got to talk about now? (laughs) Because you're not putting in the hours, right? You're not putting in that quantity time and so that you know that i think that could create a tension i like that it's a great point time is the currency of trust and trust is the currency of intimacy so you need to put the time in to get the trust of somebody and you can't really have intimacy with somebody that you don't trust so yeah i mean again i I credit this podcast and the course has really taught me the value of quantity with my family knowing there's an intention behind it so anyways Mm -hmm. yeah well, you mentioned intention. You know me, like I love start with your why, right? So like mm-hmm. if you're going to be getting into a difficult conversation with somebody, I think it's important to know the goal of that conversation and what you want to get out of it so that you can mm-hmm. keep the conversation on track and focus. And that means, you know, am I am I just doing this to make them feel bad? Mm-hmm. Am I just having this conversation because- or to be right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah, make sure you know. That's right. I'm right. I'm right. I told you. That's it. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. no. You're right. You're on a roll. Uh, Or or is my intention to just be seen and heard, right? Mm -hmm. That could be something you just need or like very similar in the conversation I had that I mentioned earlier. Or is it to have a change of action? You know, yeah. what, what is it that I'm going into? The, what, what do I want to see at the end of this conversation? Because that'll determine when you have the conversation, mm-hmm. how you talk about it, how you respond. And I think that's really important to know going into it, Definitely. setting that intention ahead of time. So valuable. We And wow. Yeah. I wish I had known this earlier in my life. <laughs> Honestly, I would have. <laughs> wish I had known that last week. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Save some relationships. No, but um, you, you, sorry, you said something like really important in that. It's, I, I have found that when there have been individuals that have come to me with a problem that they're struggling with. And I used to do like conflict resolution coaching, like in workplaces and stuff like that. And most of the time they just wanted to complain, yeah, you know, but they didn't really have a solution. Mm. So what you're suggesting is that don't bring up a difficult conversation unless you can paint a picture of what resolution looks like Mm, and what it looks like for you. Like a vision for the resolution. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, Yeah. that's good. Of course, using I statements. I mean, Mm. we learned this in Sesame Street and Mr. (laughs) Rogers. We don't, we don't start the communication. (laughs) I feel, (laughs) I think It's hard. And I would, I would, you know, just say just something that I, again, I'm always learning how to do this better because I'm like, you did this and you, but one of the things I try to do when my kids are having a conflict between each other 
and we're having to have a hard conversation with each other, which has been many a time. Helping them remember this to, you know, this little thing, you know, to, to use the I statements and kind of like you were talking about before, Jess, like coaching their conflict resolution skills yeah. and being like, hey, remember to say I, because when you say you, it makes the other person, you know, immediately come defensive. You're also projecting your feelings and, and placing blame on this person. That may not be the case. So that's something I, I've been trying to like, you know, work with my kids really much throughout their even when they were toddlers, to kind of coach them in that language. So it's a little bit more natural because it's not natural for me. It can kind of feel a little silly, you know. But yeah, I think it just helps create the the conversation to be, you know, less threatening, less accusatory, but honest. And I think that's the thing that's really important is helping ourselves, but our kids have honest and honoring hard conversations. And the I, the I statements, they're the key to it. They are the key to yeah. it. Yeah, I agree. I would include in that the, oh gosh, I can't remember like the actual grammatical term for them, but the always and never statements as well. Mm, yeah, Like let's, mm-hmm. let's remove those from mm-hmm. our language because the truth is, is that, you know, even though someone might often do something they don't always do something, Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and and the same is true of never, like you never say you love me. Well, I mm. bet that there was one time, <laughs> it could be a long time ago, but that they said it. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, when we, when we use that kind of language, then it naturally puts someone on the defense. Mm. And if we just kind of keep that language out, you, you know, you can say, often I see this or you know, I rarely have felt that you have done fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. You know, those are a little bit, they're softer too. Like they're just softer language that doesn't escalate Mm -hmm. the fight. Yeah, And that's, that's the leads me to this thing. It's like, stay calm. When you're having a difficult conversation, your emotions and the volume on your heartbeat is going to go through the roof. Like it just will. When you feel attacked, when you feel... You know, even if you're the one that's bringing the conversation up, you know, like you start to sweat, your heart starts racing, you're nervous, you're anxious, like all of these things. Mm -hmm. And so learning to control your physiological and emotional responses will help you be more successful in difficult conversations. Mm -hmm. And here I'll tell you a funny story. So I was an actress. You guys all know this. (laughs) So when I first got married to my husband, you know, I like use all the tools in the toolbox mm-hmm. when we're having a fight <laughs> and and not because I was putting those on, but because my emotions were readily available. They're literally right. simmering on the top of the surface mm-hmm. at all times. And so, you know, if there was a situation that I was hurt, I would cry because I'm hurting, you know, my husband would become like a stone cold, stoic human being, mm. just like, I don't believe you. I think you're acting. This is literally what he said in our early marriage. Right. I wanted to throw plates at his head then, but you know, hey, that's all right. And so I learned, I was like, okay, he doesn't, he's not empathetic to my emotions. Yeah. Right. So I had to learn to sort of keep this very, almost like a lawyer. Like Mm -hmm. I just kept my emotions on lockdown and I would come to him very calm. I would outline, you know, what, the situation was like Kimberly said, I would set a goal. This is what I would like to have changed. And this is what it looks like. And I would just present it to him. What do you think about that? This is what you did. This is how it made me feel. This is why. And this is what my expectations are moving forward. Are you in agreement? And literally that's how I would present a difficult conversation. But the calm that I had, because I had done all this like preparation and I knew that like volatile emotions weren't helping me. Mm. Our communication pattern pattern radically changed. Yeah. And we, we were able to, you know, Kimberly, like you said, we're able to process in conversation instead of these escalations Mm -hmm. that is like, now I'm yelling, now I'm slamming doors. Now I'm running into another room, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, well, those those volatile, calm. yeah, those volatile emotions can often be used as a form of manipulation. 
Ooh, yeah. that's good. And, and if we're trying to get a resolution solved by manipulating the other person into doing what we think that they should do, that's not a healthy conflict resolution strategy. Right. And if you come out with all your guns blazing, you'll never bring that conversation back down to the level of calm. Like those first few moments and minutes in the conversation really set the tone for everything. And so, yeah, that's, that's a a big, big one that I think is important. Mm -hmm. And if you're always operating at like high emotion, you kind of are not really making room for when you need to, you do need to have an emotional outpouring and a hard conversation. Mm. Like the boy who cried wolf. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) and, and sometimes too, you can almost inadvertently, teach your family and, and or I can teach I'm gonna use a nice statement here I can teach my family <laughs> that emotion is a manipulative mm-hmm. or, or emotion is a burden and I don't want that I want my kids to be able to be emotional when they have you know I want them to be able to cry I want them to express anger in, in, a, in a godly way but mm-hmm. I I, they won't if they feel like it's being weaponized against them. Mm, yeah. So, yeah. Point, I, I think yeah. you, I know. I, I know we kind of talked about this before, but it's worth saying again, being direct mm-hmm. is great. And I, I won't say too much more about it than I think it saves time. I think it just saves time and just saying in 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 a loving, empathetic, compassionate way, how you are feeling or what your expectation is with the intention and goal that you've already thought through, Mm -hmm. just say it. If it takes a hundred million years for it to come out of your mouth, you are exasperating the other person and they're not Mm -hmm. going to want to have conversations with you. So I think we think that just saying something directly is hurtful and it might be at times, but I also think that saying things not fully and truthfully causes confusion mm-hmm. and is a waste of time it's mm-hmm. it sends everybody in different directions it creates confusion which does not does not create an atmosphere of security right so just being just being direct is is actually very loving it may sting at first you know sometimes people are not ready for it you know yeah uh, but just saying what's going on then you can then you can get to the solution. But if it takes so long for you to say what you truly mean, yeah, a waste of time. That's yeah, and erodes trust I'm too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I, so I love what you're saying. So here's what I'll say to my convert or my conflict averse friends out there from someone who is not <laughs> conflict averse. <laughs> <laughs> but here's what I'll say to, to soften the, you know, like, because I think sometimes, you know, the people that are conflict diverse, they beat around the bush, right? Yeah. The easiest way to shorten that is to find common ground, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it is to open the conversation with a mutual goal that you have with that person. And so like an example would be, you know, let, let's say my kids, the house has been trashed for like two weeks but one of our goals as a family is to be hospitable, to have people in our home. Yeah. And so, you know, I'll go to the kids and, and rather than just being like, pick up your junk, for goodness sakes, we're going to have people over. And it looks like, you know, trolls live in this house. You know, that that's a very direct way to say it, but it's not very, you know, it, it's not very kind. Mm. And so we can find common ground by saying, hey, you guys. We, we are going to have guests and we always want to create a welcoming environment for not only for ourselves, but for others. And you guys know that when you go to a home that is dirty or smelly, you know, you just, it makes you a bit uncomfortable. So we want to make sure that not only ourselves are feeling comfortable in our home, but also our guests. So can you spend some time today, you know, cleaning up the things to make it, you know, it's nice for our guests and nice for us. Yeah. And it's just that little bit, that little, Mm. Hey, this is our family culture. These are some of our values. Mm. So let's work together to honor those. Mm. And Kimberly, you are, you have all kinds of resources on establishing family culture and like, what are those pillars? So if you're having trouble finding common ground, yeah. Then, you know, go through some of these programs, some of the other podcasts, even that we talk mm-hmm. about how you establish what are your family values. 
that will give you common ground that you can open some of these conversations readily without feeling like, oh gosh, I don't know how to start this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it provides a common language too. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Um, You know, I like, I like that. I know Kimberly, you've done stuff with mission statements, family mission statements, which is a great place. Do you have a course on it? Or what is it? Yeah, that's it. It's incorporated in the course. Well, uh, yeah. we work towards doing a family manifesto, which is manifesto. so much more than a mission yes, statement. A mission, yeah. yeah. And that, again, gives the language, gives the, basically is the foundation, you know, mm-hmm. for it all. I know we talked about this before as well, being empathetic. Mm-hmm. One of the things I would just add to that is when you're having a hard conversation, don't be afraid to like stop and take a moment to, to, to empathize the other person when they've told you something that maybe you never realized before. Mm, yes. You know, sometimes when you're having a conversation, I mean, this, this is actually, it's not sometimes it's like all the time for me, truly. <laughs> I'll be like, Hey, I don't, you know, I don't, I'm feeling this way and I don't really like what's going on here. And, and then it's, you know, a family member will be like, well, I don't like when you do this and it makes me feel this way. And I'm like, Nobody told me that, you know, <laughs> it can't be true, but being able to go, okay, when I, you know, come on with like hundred percent enthusiasm to every situation, it can overwhelm some people, you know, how does that make that person feel? How does that making them feel right now? Mm-hmm. And instead of becoming offended, choose to be empathetic mm-hmm. Yeah, and say, okay, I'm not going to take that on as offense. I'm going to actually be empathetic. And try to put myself in their shoes again. So allow yourself some space to have the conversation to just take stock of what's being said and not become offended, but become empathetic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think as we have these conversations, it's really important to avoid criticism and blame. And I would Mm -hmm. even add to that labeling, right? Like labeling who we think someone is. It may not be a bad name. It may not be an out and out criticism, but when we label people for being lazy or not motivated or we, it gets, it gets super tricky. Yeah. (laughs) They're not going to be open to listening to what you have to say. If you're pointing the finger or blaming, trying to understand the situation and focus on the solution, that's what we should be paying attention to and Mm -hmm. really being, and this, this is really connected to those I statements, right? It's not like you, are this way and you always do this and you're just stacking stacking it against yourself, right? You're not going to come to a resolution when all of these things combined just cause people to become offended. And so we want to make it as easy as possible. We want to speak the truth, but we don't necessarily want to offend or hurt anybody either, yeah. right? The purpose yeah. of these conversations is not to hurt somebody and make them right. feel bad. At least I hope that that is not the intent that we enter yeah. <laughs> into some of these conversations. Yeah. But it is to find a resolution and find common ground. And so I think it's just, I mean, it seems obvious, but it is a simple reminder because it could be tri- tricky. It's sneaky the way we can yeah, sort of sneak in those digs and the labels yeah. and the kind mm-hmm. of like the, the, the nitpicking and the, the kind mm-hmm. of the tit for tat. We want to stay away from that when we're having conversations for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Kimberly, I, I really, okay, I'm going to hone in on this one word, labeling. Mm-hmm. When we use condemning language, when we use labeling language, we essentially place, I'm going to use a biblical word, but we place a yoke upon Mm -hmm. someone with that label. And so here's a good example. If you're calling your children lazy, right? Like you're lazy, then that is a, that is something that is placed on them as your opinion, but mm-hmm. sometimes, especially with children, they don't have the ability to throw that off. Yeah. Right. And so then they adopt that, like, well, I'm just lazy. You know, they just say it. I'm just lazy. That's why I don't want to do those things. So we don't want to inadvertently mm-hmm. label someone a certain way, just in our anger and our emotions and, mm-hmm. you know, tough conversation. The same is true with our husbands or our wives, right? We yeah. don't want to label them a certain way. Like, you're, you lack compassion. You're, you're dispassionate about everything. You don't care about anything. Mm. These are things that can cause someone to start to think about themselves differently and then Mm -hmm. actually adopt those patterns even more than we, you know, than we wanted them to. Yeah. 
So it's, it's um, really hard though, not to, in a you know moment of passion to be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it reminds me of like, you know, instead of criticizing, cast a vision for what mm-hmm. you see could be differently because so our words do create an atmosphere. I'm sorry. I don't mean to go woo woo here, but it's just so woo woo. I mean, (laughs) God created the world with his words, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so I do think we can create an atmosphere with our words, with labels and criticism and Mm -hmm. and blame. But you can also, and even in a hard conversation, cast vision for what can be different instead of going, well, you know, you're this or you're that, or it's never going to be that. No. It can, mm-hmm. you know, I think it can be different. Yeah. I think it, I think we can get through this. I can see us and then fill in the blank. Yeah. I think that really that's can good. flip a, uh, can flip a hard conversation that's kind of going awry, you know, yeah. right? and bring it back to hope. Wherever hope is spoken, hope will be heard. And mm-hmm. I just feel so like good, Noel. we good. have Somebody to, could. yeah, we have to kind of get a hold of that. And like you guys were saying, it's hard when you're when you're in the emotion of it. That's sure. why all these steps—the active listening, right, the the clear speaking, the empathy, the eliminating distractions—that's the only way you can create that space mm-hmm. right. to have a productive, hard conversation. Yeah. So, and I just want to give an example too, like of one of those circumstances. So, you know, let's say you're having a conversation with your child and they're, they're not handling time management. Well, you know, like Mm -hmm. they're not getting homework done or they're not, you know, they're just not prioritizing what, what would be best for them in their life. So rather than saying, you know, Hey, you're really like your time management is falling apart. Like you're not even doing it, you know, Yeah. then you just say, Hey, I know that you are able to prioritize your day in such a way that you can get what is most important done. So let's look at what is most important and then find a strategy to help you use your time well. Mm-hmm. It's saying the same thing. Yeah. But like you said, Noel, it's with that edge of hope. Like, hey, yeah. I'm going to encourage you to move into a better space with time management rather than condemn you and just say, you're yeah. terrible at this. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even know how to help you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I think it's kind of arrogant to to label and judge, you know, like, oh, just on. think, talk about your kids. I mean, like, we can say that they're lazy because they don't seem to, what, self-motivate to clean their room on their own, but really they might be, <laughs> they might be distracted. Every mom said amen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That, you know, like we're speculating and we are assuming we know what's going on on the inside of them mm. and we don't. And that is, that is, you know, yeah. go back to this idea of praying and, and asking God for discernment. Like we don't really know the motives of other people. I mean, my, my husband and I have been married for 22 years and, you know, once in a while he gets it right because <laughs> he knows yeah. me so well. But for the most part, he doesn't know what motivates me at every turn. And for him to speculate or for me to speculate why he isn't doing something that I think he should be doing, that's that's really arrogant of me. And to not mm. seek to understand where that other person is coming from and immediately labeling them. And we have such a limited view of what's going on or what, wow. what we're dealing with. And so, right. you know, I want to I want to enter into a conversation and and humble and not be proud and arrogant and bringing my mm-hmm. own sort of, I know what's going on into the conversation because it's likely that I don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have Have you guys ever used the parking technique when you're having a conversation and then a side, kind of like a, a separate topic comes up and you're off <laughs> the primary. Creeps in. Well, I, I just <laughs> learned this one. This I, is really, really new to me and really and like amazing like game changer it's genius i'll tell you i'll tell you how it's worked and not worked for us because i'm actually like infamous for getting into side conversations and probably like (laughs) like wait what are we what are we talking about right now (laughs) i'm like well this just reminded me of something else that i'm kind of upset about anyways but you know we do this parking technique we don't we don't call it parking we call tabling it but one of the things that I needed to do, like for it to work for me, and I'm just this is just me being vulnerable, is I need to know when we're tabling it to like Oh, that's good. Yeah. I so yeah. we'll talk about some things and we'll come up, some side thing will come up and he'll be like, okay, so let's get back to the primary issue at hand. And I'll say, All right, so can we talk about this, you know, this weekend or like mm-hmm. just so that I feel like you know, I'm being heard and that things will be addressed. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, for some of us, 
maybe we were, I don't mean to get all like therapy on all of us, but maybe we were ignored. <laughs> and so we try to get everything in when we've got somebody. Yes. Yeah. And so learning to be like, okay, we can't solve all of it in this time period, but we can solve what we you know originally came together for, but to know that we're going to come back to it and that there's an mm-hmm. actual, you know, I hate, I mean, I get like a, I get like a time and date cause I'm that kind of person, but he'll say to me, Hey, you want to talk about, you know, vacation and some of your ideas for vacation. Do you still want to talk about that? And sometimes I'm like, nah, I figured it out, you know, or like, yeah. I have changed my mind about it, but to know that, that, that I will get the, you know, that, that, that opportunity will be there. And there's this, there's time set aside really helps me in this parking technique. Cause just to be like, we're going to park it. We're going to table. We're not going to talk about it. Then I feel shut down. Then I don't want to talk about anything. Yeah. So that's just my own little like extra on how to yeah. make it as effective as possible. Yeah. Well, there's a tendency when, when I bring something to my spouse or he brings something to me, we're like, well, yeah, well you did X, Y, and Z. Like we want to connect it and we want to build a case. And I'm learning language to say, I'm happy to talk about that at another time. However, I want to focus on what just happened mm-hmm. today. Yeah. Right. Because of, co- of course we can tie it to this thing and you did this in the past and here you go again and you think you've done that better than me. And it's like, mm-hmm. I get that those things need to be addressed, but let's just focus on what the main, like what we're talking about right now. And that is yeah. definitely, oh my gosh, saved a lot of tears, mm-hmm. a lot of gnashing of teeth. And mm-hmm. it's really helped us focus. <laughs> it really, and and that I think that's an important part of having difficult conversations is being able to focus on what is the main thing. You actually highlighted something else that I think is crucially important for healthy conflict ongoing. Now, historically, if there's a lot of pain that has not been dealt with in a relationship, that I believe still needs to be addressed, you know, and sometimes with a therapist and with, you know, a professional counselor. So, you know, but if you're addressing a specific topic, don't be a scorekeeper. Don't, you know, we're not reaching back into the past to be like, oh, score one, Jess, you know, like zero Alex. And so we just, you have to be very, very conscious because it is easily easy to do that, especially if you have a really good memory. Or you've had some what I'll call fiery conflicts in your past, those leave an impression. They leave a mark. And so it's very easy for us to reach back and be like, oh, you wounded me like this then and Mm. then and then and then. And all of a sudden, now the person that you're talking to feels overwhelmed by all the strikes against them already. And so then it's just like put the defense up because I I'm I can't mm-hmm. deal with all of that. So I think that's another a- aspect of healthy mm-hmm. conflict is like don't keep score and try to keep the now is what you need to focus on. If there's past hurt, that needs to be dealt with like with a yeah. counselor with some help, yes. I think. Yeah. I think it's interesting too to kind of maybe consider like where you tend to lean when you're kind of mm. when you're kind of not doing good healthy conflict resolution or having a hard conversation like sure. are you the are you someone that goes to criticism are you somebody who struggles with empathy are you somebody who doesn't stay calm or mm-hmm. like to kind of go back and go through these show notes and just sort of sit with it for a little bit and go where do I kind of where where can I improve you know mm-hmm. and I think it's just good to t- to do that because as mm. you you improving your your ability to have a hard conversation will ultimately in- improve your quality in all your relationships. You just you it. cannot control every, how everybody else responds, but you can certainly really help if you are getting stronger and you're growing in this area. So I definitely think it's worth downloading this particular show note and just sitting with it and you know maybe journaling through it or praying through it, whatever feels right to you, but allowing the Holy Spirit to kind of highlight where you could, you know, you could grow in this area. Yeah, that's good. And I think Uh, the journaling, like with that, Noel, to help someone start the conversation with themselves, mm. it's like, think of a conflict. What happened first? In other words, what was the trigger? Yeah. Then what was your response? Hmm. Then what happened next? So you then had a response. 
then what did the other person do? Because this will give you what I call your miscommunication cycle. Yeah. Mm. It'll show you what are your natural tendencies with this person. And they will change with other people. Like my, my miscommunication cycles with my kids are different than the ones with my husband. Correct. Correct. So we we have to do that with multiple relationships. And I think Mm. it's so valuable to do that exercise because I think you can look at like all these different things that we're kind of bringing to you, like, you know, all these ideas and feel a little bit overwhelmed and be like, I have to do all this, you know, just (laughs) pick the one that you're kind of, you know, you stink at the most and start there, you know, (laughs) and then move through it because you'll you'll find that you get good in one area and then other areas like, oh yeah, I'm really, really having a hard time finding common ground Mm -hmm. and maybe there's other work I need to do there. And of course, with every season, your miscommunication cycle probably changes too due to time, energy, schedules, all that stuff. So I think it's such a valuable thing to do. And I love it. Love it. All right. Do you guys have any examples? I know we've shared a few personal stories, but do you have any examples of how you have implemented one of these? And it has been amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Change the game for you. Do you have any or or something that you have done miserably well or miser- miserably? <laughs> <laughs> Our failures. <laughs> yes. I I think I'll say where I don't do or I haven't done well and I'm trying to get better is timing. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I think there's a little bit of anxiety in me where I'm like, I don't want there to be any. I don't like it when, when there's conflict. You know, there's actually people out there who don't mind it, which I think they're weirdos. But I am I am definitely like I don't like conflict. So I will often just try to fix it mm. and like not really actually give time to the situation. So I've been trying to be more prayerful and and not always trying to like, okay, let's get together, let's talk this out, or let's like sit down and talk about this right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can have time to figure out the intention. So I can have time to understand the common ground so I can create space to be empathetic, to ch- kind of check my own heart in it. I think the timing for me has been something I struggle with because I'm I'm actually driven by people's approval. And so I just mm-hmm. want to fix it right away. Mm-hmm. And then it's not really fixed, actually. It's just it's just not really actually fixed. Yeah. So that's something that I'm working on that's I don't have any I can't think of any specific examples but yeah Yeah. that's something I definitely know is something I need to personally work on well I I used to always I used to always need the timing to be perfect right to have the Mm. perfect perfect like I wouldn't because I'm conflict adverse I that would be my excuse like that the timing is never right yeah and what I'm trying to do more of and and Jess you mentioned this in a previous episode which by the way I've been using when we talk to somebody just say hey I just have a few minutes to talk I'm on my way to so-and-so I thought we could just catch up right I do that now I won't tell you who I do that with in case they're listening but (laughs) the opposite like the the flip of that is I will say hey you know can I share something with you for a second so that that person knows it's something that's like not just typical like hey you know when are you leaving and when are you gonna be like like Mm -hmm. it's something that's important to me yeah and they're prepared for it Mm -hmm. and it sets the tone and I just say how I feel Mm -hmm. and and I and sometimes I'll even say like we can talk about this more but I I just wanted you to know like this is where I'm at and it's with things that I would typically put off and avoid and I would when I put off and I avoid I stack it yep to make a case yeah, it's the person that I'm in conflict with, and I'm. It's not even like they—they they don't even know they're in conflict. With yeah, me. yeah. <laughs> they, no, don't that's even, that's they don't have one card. clue. Have no clue. No clue. <laughs> They've yeah. been highly um, offensive, and yes. they have no idea. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but also a technique I think that we didn't really mention, but is like a coaching concept, like reminding myself, asking myself, how am I going to feel when this is resolved? Mm-hmm. And allow mm-hmm. myself to imagine what it would feel like to not be carrying this issue anymore. So and that's good. what gives me the motivation mm-hmm. to then say, the situation doesn't have to be perfect. Hey, can we just talk for a second? Do you have a few minutes for it to just, I want to share something with you? Or, mm-hmm. hey, I was uncomfortable with something. Can I just share it with you real quick? Right. And they can say, I'm really busy right now, or can we talk about that later? But then I at least put it out there and it's like, mm-hmm. it's a relief, but framing it 
that's really kind of helped mm. me enter into those conversations. And I think it's helped that other person enter into those conversations too, without going, Oh no, where are we going with this? Like, what right. do you want now? Like yeah. taking me seriously because I'm respecting them enough to say, Hey, like there's something going on. Do you have a moment? Yeah. I I don't have a, well, I have plenty of personal examples, but I want to share a non-personal one that was actually really helpful. And I am, a, I'm not conflict averse. I'm one of those weirdos, Noel, that I'm like, I love it. I don't like, I, I don't think anyone likes conflict. I actually right. don't think anybody likes it, but I think that there are those that are like, no, that's the way through this uncomfortable feeling. And I'm okay being going through it. Hmm. And I would say that I'm more of that personality. I'm like, I, Kimberly, I live and die by that. Like, I have to get this off. Mm. This is a weight that I don't want to carry anymore. And no matter how difficult this conversation is, I'm going to go through it. Mm. So there's this book. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. And it's a, it's a, it's more of a corporate like business book. It's by okay. Kim Scott and it's called Radical Candor. Ooh. Oh, I've heard of it. Yeah. Oh, okay. So this woman is my superhero when it comes to conversations. But what she said, so she gave this example. She said, you know, not practicing radical candor is actually the most heartless thing that you can do. And I was like, Ooh, what? You know, it's like the polar opposite of what you expect. Right. And she said, and she gave an example. She said, you know, I was a manager and I had this team and I had hired this person and they were underperforming great guy, like super great personality. Everyone loved him. He's super friendly, but he just was not performing for the team at the level that everyone else was. And in fact, they were having to pick up his work and, you know, all this stuff to just meet deadlines and and whatever. And so at this time, she failed to have a direct, like using radical candor. It's like, she cares about him. She's telling him the truth. And she's setting realistic expectations for growth. And that's kind of like, she has these like different approaches and that's all in her book. So I won't give it away. But at the end of this story, she said, I actually had to fire him because Mm. I failed to be radically candid. Wow. Wow. And I mean, how convicting is that? I think that sometimes we fail to take responsibility for being open Yep. and honest and direct in our conversation and things fall apart. And it's like, well, we didn't give that person an opportunity and all of the clarity that they needed to make changes to salvage the relationship. Mm. You know, relationships don't fall apart because, you know, one person decides, well, sometimes that happens, let's be honest, but <laughs> you know, it's like, it's always a two-way thing. Yeah, You know, it's two people coming to the table and being willing to sit in the discomfort until they find clarity mm-hmm. and are able to move forward. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I just loved that illustration and it helped That's me great. to be more bold and more loving. Yeah. You know, cause you see it as more of like, Hey, I'm trying to help you. It may not feel like that, Yeah, but you, we don't improve if people always tell us we're doing great. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. That's just the truth. That is yeah. true. Mm-hmm. And that's scary to think our families could fall apart because we're not willing to be candid. For I sure. think it happens all the time. Yeah. 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 It happens all the Unfortunately, time. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. And 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 I, you know, it's it's because of exhaustion too. Like I don't want to, you know, some people like it's like they try and they try and maybe they don't have the right tools or the right timing or whatever it might be, but they they grow weary yeah. of trying to solve the issue. And they finally just throw their hands up. Like I've done everything. I've tried mm-hmm. it all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I do understand that, you know, that happens as well. But I genuinely believe if two people, especially they, they loved each other at some point, we're talking about marriages now, yeah, yeah. but it's like, yeah. you loved each other at some yeah. point. You thought that person was super cool. In fact, cool enough to walk down the aisle and say, yeah. in all these circumstances, I'm going to love you. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, time goes by space happens, you know, miscommunications Mm. stack. And it's very, very hard to come back, especially when you feel tired. So that's another thing. Like if you're feeling tired in your family and your relationships, even with your kids, like I would say, take that to take that to God, 
take that exhaustion and say, this is too heavy for me. Mm -hmm. Open a door, help bring someone else into the conversation. Even if it's like a mentor, you know, there've been times where I felt overwhelmed in certain circumstances. Like I'm like, I cannot speak to this person. God, you have to, you've got to reveal it. Cause I've tried, I've tried in my best possible way. And then shockingly, like, I feel like God is so faithful. There'll be like a, you know, like a buddy that says something. Mm. It's like, I've been saying that for 10 months, Yeah, (laughs) you know? And then they're like, oh, you know what, babe, I realized that I do this thing. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Someone help me out in that situation. So anyways. Yeah. Well, another resource, I, I I just typed that into the notes so that we make sure we include it and a link to it. But another resource that I've really enjoyed is how to have that difficult conversation, gaining the skills for honest and meaningful communication by Henry Cloud and John mm-hmm. Townsend. Yeah, one great. of those, I forget which one is the boundaries, right? Yeah. Boundaries oh, no, they guy. both are. They're both they both are. They both yeah. are. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they know what they're talking about, but <laughs> I've, I've found in that book in particular, there's lots of scripts, you know, and there's, and and they, and they're all different ways. Like, you know, like a lot of, there's a lot of overlap in the book, but like you can find something that works for you and that you're willing to share, but that's a really good book. I read it last year. I'm getting ready to read it again because it's, it's like, it's almost like a textbook. I mean, I listened to it on audio and I literally went out and bought the hard copy because I was like, I need to go through this again and I need to underline and I need a little put little stickies, like, because there's certain ways that they show you to handle something that I'm like, Oh my gosh, that would be so helpful if I could just handle it that way. (laughs) Love it. If only I could do it that way. (laughs) Yes. So I'm going to go back and tag it and memorize it. No, but I think that's worth, that's a great one. you just touched on it with the scripts. Like sometimes we just lack the language. Mm-hmm. We lack the, the openers, the questions, mm-hmm. you know, we, we don't have the language to, to communicate well. And so I think when we have examples, then that really does help us reformat it for our mm-hmm. own problems. That's yeah. a great resource. Yeah. All right. So we'll wrap it up with a coaching question. Now, Noelle, you gave some incredible coaching questions. So I'm just going to repeat what you said. Those are like bonus questions. Go through back through that list, those points that we shared with you and pick just one thing, just one Mm. thing. Try to identify what it is that you are in the habit of doing and determine to change it. Another one, this is probably for more of our adverse people, not chess. Mm But but it could be, right? It could be. What are the conversations that I am avoiding and with whom? Mm. And here's here's a good question cuz you could even say what 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 are the what are the conversations if you don't avoid conflict? What are the conflicts that I'm having that I'm not doing in a healthy way? Mm-hmm. So I think that first step is identifying, right? The conflict. Yeah. And then what is at stake if I don't have this conversation? Think so about for a moment, what would be the result mm. of not bringing this up, of yeah. not dealing with it in a healthy way? Take a moment to imagine what that would be like and determine that you're not going you're not going to let that happen and then make yeah. a plan mm. when, how, what is your intention behind it? The conversation, what do you, what do you want to see come out of it? And mm-hmm. so those are a few questions that you can ask yourself. And uh, yeah, and those download notes will have a place where you can journal about it. That's good. Even though I I don't avoid conflict, here's what I will say. If you find yourself avoiding a conflict, it's likely because you have a poor conflict resolution pattern with that person. Mm, So that is why you have a lot more anxiety about facing that person is because you don't have a healthy pattern. So recognize that. Yeah. You know, and say, okay, I have an unhealthy pattern. And then you go into it and say, how can I maybe change it? How mm-hmm. can I go into this a little bit different mm. and then see, you know, what happens? Yeah. yeah. True. It's good. All right. Well, thank you so much, ladies, for being with us today. And that wraps up our series on communication. I hope that you guys have enjoyed this series. And if you have heard anything that resonates with you, that has been helpful to you, we just we would love for you to share it with a friend because. I don't know about you, but I know I'm not the only one that needs help with this. 
At the end of each episode, I remind you that family culture is not about perfect, it's about purpose. For those of you that are unfamiliar with that expression, family culture, it simply refers to how a family relates to one another, works together, and achieves goals. It's what your kids can expect and your family members can count on. It's what makes your family unique. Many of us have a family culture that's built by default. But with a little time and intention, you can build a culture that's rooted in your beliefs and values. If that feels overwhelming, don't worry. I can help. I've created the Family Culture Discussion Sheet to get you started. It's a simple list of questions that help you identify what's important to you and clarify what you want your family to be known for. Once you've answered those questions, building your family culture becomes much easier. You can get that resource by going to buildyourbestfamily.com forward slash resources or following the link in the show notes.